Hello and welcome back to episode. Uh, this is week eleven, is it? It's week I eleven. I, week the, 11. the further we get in, the more I forget. But of the Texas Private School Podcast. Before we go any further, I'd like to say, please, if you enjoy the content we make, like the video, subscribe to our channel, and hit the bell so you're notified whenever we upload. Those three things. It takes five seconds, and it really helps more than anything else. Get your kids out there. And it really, really helps us push our push our message out there. So we'd really appreciate you do those three things. But as always, I am your host, Wes Tolleson. Two-thirds of my hosting crew, Walker Lott and Ryan Schroeder, join us from College Station, Texas, and Stillwater, Oklahoma. Walker, I'll turn to you as I always do. How has the past week been in College Station for you and in high school football in general? I mean, it's been great. Uh, great week here in College Station. Uh, finally getting a little cold now in the state. It's really exciting uh, and a great week of private school football um and i'm excited for this next week man it's a it's a good one no for sure very excited by the way cold is like getting under 75 degrees here ryan stillwater oklahoma where i imagine it's a little bit colder how's it been the past week it's still cold it's cold here it's like 50 degrees now but no uh i'm excited football's been good and we're, you're gonna hear a lot more of uh about where i may be going this weekend so stay tuned for that um and then big thing is basketball's back in business. Basketball is back in business. Texas Private School basketball started today on uh, November 2nd. So uh, I am excited to see what happens, um, you know, throughout the year this year. No, without a doubt. I mean, basketball ramping up is going to add a whole new aspect to the podcast that we're all very excited about. But we have to turn through the rest of our football content first. And now we will start with recapping our last week's pick records. I'm going to shorten this down a little bit, simply A, because I'm getting whacked, and B, because we need a little more time for the rest of the episode. But Ryan is in first still after an 11-4 and week with 104 and 29 overall record walker is closing in at second 13 and two last week 98 and 35 uh, i went 10 and 5 i'm 94 and 39 overall we'll we'll figure it out um i mean ryan give me a single sentence on your thought on trying to hold off walker at the top of the leaderboard i'm over 100 wins and i'm staying there i, I like it to the point walker single sentence on trying to come back on ryan we coming we got this we're, we're on our way, slowly but surely. Hey, you know how you eat an elephant? You cut them piece one by piece. piece. At a time. You eat it one piece at a time. Yeah, I, uh, I'd i have to eat several elephants to get back into the race. So I'm just going to enjoy the view from the bottom of the ladder. But, I mean, all three of the records are very respectable. We kind of know what we're talking about in terms of high school football. Even though looking at my picks last week, you wouldn't know that I do. However, transitioning, as always, we look at our Texas Private School Podcast Players of the Week and in terms of the Texas Private School Podcast Offensive Player of the Week, it was one of the best performances I've ever seen live. It was senior running back from Parish Episcopal, Andrew Paul. Paul had 30 carries for 401 yards and three touchdowns and a win versus Nolan Catholic. Let me repeat that. 401 yards rushing. I mean, anything over 100 is normally noteworthy. This guy had four 100-yard rushing games in a single game. I mean, it was just ridiculous. I mean, he averaged, I think, over like 13 or 15 yards a rush. It was it was literally just insane getting to watch him do that live. I mean, he was absolutely unstoppable. And you got to give credit to the parish line that I'll mention by name when we cover that game. But, I mean, Walker, I mean, the kid had 401 yards rushing. I can't stress that enough. What do you think of the seniors' performance against Nolan Catholic? Man, I like, 
he's he is one to watch to get a lot of big time offers. Like they've always had a good running back there at Parrish, but he might be one of the best ones they've had in a while. I mean, he's a bigger back, he's stronger, faster, and he's still got a little bit of quick to him. Like he's a three star back, but like he wasn't getting a lot of love before the season. But now, I mean, Mizzou just offered him in their SEC. And I wouldn't be surprised if there's more along the way down the season, especially for how good this team is, probably all the way to the state championship. Be ready to see this team, ex- this guy, excel and gain a lot of traction over the next couple of weeks with coll- collegiate offers. No, for sure. He's still got a large sample size for as far as Paris should go in the playoffs to keep improving and adding to his stats. Ryan, Andrew Paul goes for 401 yards rushing in a career game against Nolan. Your thoughts on the effort? Yeah, I'm right there with Walker when it comes to that. It's really simple to realize that if he keeps having games like this, and especially in the playoffs and all the way up into the state championship game, I mean, shoot, he did this to a Nolan Catholic team, by the way, which is probably the second best team in Division One. So think about what he, you know, what he's actually capable of in the playoffs, going, you know, his heart out for everybody. Um, so yeah, Andrew Paul, what a player, man, and uh, you know, shout out to him for you know just put literally definition of putting your heart on the field i'm watching it i'm watching his highlights right now and i'm like man he's light on his feet his vision's good like and it takes two or three guys to take him down and if it's just one dude it takes him five six yards to like finally pull him down very very impressive i i love his tape man no he absolutely punished everyone that tried to tackle him that last game but i'll hit more on that when i cover that game but the Texas Private School Podcast of the or Texas Private School Podcast Player of the Week on offense, Andrew Paul. Congratulations. Looking at defense, we see junior defensive back from Grapevine Faith, Jackson Meadows, as your Texas Private School Podcast Defensive Player of the Week. Meadows had three interceptions, a pick six, a pass breakup, and four tackles just as icing on the cake in a win versus Frisco Legacy. So, Ryan, I'm sorry I had to do that against your team, but I mean. It, like we've mentioned time and time again, getting three interceptions in a game is not an easy thing to do. That's more interception than some DBs and tabs get an entire season. So, Walker, another three interception game. This one comes from Jackson Meadows. Your thoughts on this just incredibly interesting stat line from the junior? I mean, I, I'm very impressed. Like, and I also, you know, three interceptions is ridiculous. Like we always say, why do you keep throwing it to him? But, um, I like also that he even got a couple tackles out there. And as a DB, you're not really supposed to get it, especially corner. You're not supposed to get a lot of corner uh, tackles and you still got four. So that's very impressive on the night means he's able to like go in there, get his head on the ball and get some, get some tackles in there too. Just a very impressive night for the guy locked down corner on one side. He's the Island out there basically. No, without a doubt. Ryan uh, Jackson Meadows picks off your quarterback three times. Your thoughts on the effort. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, like we've said over and over and over again, if you can make three interceptions in a game, then that's really all you got to do. And I say all you got to do is in the fact, like, why has it happened so many times this year? Why have we seen three interceptions for multiple <laughs> players? That that doesn't make sense. Like, that shouldn't make sense. But Stop throwing the ball. I, I guess. I guess that's what's got to happen. But, yeah, good shout-out to Jackson Meadows. I'm excited to see what happens this week, um, you know, with uh, Faith in Fort Worth, and we'll talk about that later. Yeah, no, I think we need to make it a principle that the second that a single player picks off your quarterback three times, you stop. It needs to be like a rule in football. You you cannot pass the ball 
at all after no, that. No, you no, have no, to no run the football. No more passing. After <laughs> no more passing after three picks to a single player. But, I mean, just an incredible performance by the junior defensive back. Congratulations, Jackson Meadows, your Texas private school podcast defensive player of the week. And now, as always, we are going to go through our five games of the week from last week and recap. The first being the matchup of the year so far. Number two, Nolan played at number one, Parrish Episcopal. I'm going to talk a little longer about this since I was there and covering it live. I mean, Parrish wins this one 63 to 35. It was just an absolute dominant effort by the Panthers in this one. Novikov and the staff put together a masterclass in scheme and play calling. And Nolan just simply had no answer either on the ground or through the air. Like I mentioned, we mentioned for like five minutes just now, the man of the night was far and away senior running back Andrew Paul. I mean, he rushed for over 400 yards and three touchdowns, averaging over 13 yards per carry like we just raved about. He was absolutely unstoppable. And you can go back through our Twitter if you want to see some of his insane highlights that I got while I was there. But he was allowed all of that success because of his phenomenal offensive line, which straight up bullied an elite Nolan front seven, allowing Paul to rush for 400 yards and not even give up a single sack for freshman quarterback Sawyer Anderson. I mean, that I have to list that not that line by name. They impressed me so much. You had Elliot DeSolems at left tackle. Sam Liu at left guard, Hayden Weber at center, Aiden Gilmore at right guard, and Jacob Pequeno at right tackle. I apologize if I butchered anyone's name, but I was talking to some dads for the game. I think there's only one, maybe two seniors on that line. Most of them are young kids. So it's scary to think that that line is going to be around and prevalent for several more years in TAPS. And I would be very afraid if I was another TAPS D1 team reading that. But freshman quarterback Sawyer Anderson looked even better in person, which is saying something. He has incredible poise and mechanics for someone his age, and he really is the future of TAPS Division I, in my opinion. I've also been saying I've been waiting for a Blake Youngblood breakout game all year, and I saw it here. The senior wide receiver went for three touchdowns, and the kid's just tough as nails. He reminds me of a much better version of myself when I played, and I honestly love watching the kid. I say much better with as much emphasis as I can. I I wasn't even close to his level. But in terms of Nolan, sophomore running back Kewan Lacey was a freak. I hadn't even heard of the kid before that game, and he impressed me almost as much as anyone I saw on the field. More eyes need to be on sophomore running back Kewan Lacey from Nolan Catholic moving forward. And if that kid, when he, when, when he blows up, I want it known that we were the first people to shout him out. But, I mean, listen, he runs like a grown man, and he's 15 to 16 years old. It's insane. He rushed for 156 yards on 10 carries and two touchdowns and was honestly the lone bright spot for this Nolan offense. Defensively, junior quarterback Antonio Hall had a beautiful pick six and a couple of elite-looking pass breakups. So that's what stood out to me for the Nolan side. I'm going to take a breath because I just took a lot of time to talk about that. Walker, I mean, Parrish just absolutely stomps their boat in Nolan Catholic, what are your thoughts on Parrish establishing themselves as the best team in D1? I mean, yeah, like you said, they submit themselves as the the best team, regardless of classification, regardless of division, best team in private school. Absolutely. Um, I I talked about our last episode, you know, where I said, hey, that offensive line is is pretty dang good. And they were that night. And I, I was really, really impressed with them last time when I saw them against Bel Air Episcopal. And they did it. Like they did it last uh, last game. I knew like 
once you're able to give pressure off that freshman quarterback and kind of let him just be comfortable because they can run the ball 30 times like they did and be so and make Nolan have to respect the run so much that then Sawyer can play his game as a freshman and be the talented kid that he is. And that's just absolutely deadly for any team they face. And that's something you have to watch. And it's also an offensive line that lost a Stanford commit last year. And they lost a lot of other guys on the offensive line and they just, you know, next man up. And that's scary for any team in this state. And I mean, the fact that Nolan can, can lose that badly to them. I mean, I think we might have a clear state champion. That's uh, all the parish fans are knocking on wood after hearing you say that. But honestly, I mean, it is they they have cemented themselves, like I mentioned, as the number one team in the state, and it can't be debated after this point. Ryan, your thoughts on Parrish taking Nolan to the woodshed? Yeah, I, I mean, it, it really solidifies them as like you know just a top top dog. Um, you know. I don't count Nolan out though. I don't count Nolan out. I, I honestly, I mean, it's, it, it was last year, you know, we, we've kind of had the same mindset a little bit, you know, where we're like Parrish was that top dog. And then we went to the state championship game and what, what, what was it? It was a, it was a shootout right at the end. And, and it like came down to you know, the onside kicks. Right. I mean, that's, that's what it was. I mean, honestly, this parish Nolan rivalry will stay like intact when it comes to like, whether it's, it's the end of the season or whether it's that championship game, this game will be a lot different on December 4th is what I'll tell you. This game will be a lot different that day. And that is me saying that those are my two final uh, people in my championship. That is my championship. I mean, pretty clear state, but yeah, no. And I remember talking about how, you know, this Sawyer Anderson kid was just a freshman from, you know, uh, Highland Park and how he was just this guy that we had no information on, right? And it was a really big deal how he had to fill the shoes of Preston Stone and and how he had to come in there and basically, you know, run the table as a freshman. And we started to see a few, a couple of the first games going like, damn, he's pretty damn good. And, uh, and then it just kept on showing from there. So, I love it. I love this Parish team. I think they're great. But yeah, don't count Nolan out yet. That's my that's my two cents. No, without a doubt. I heard I heard some of the Nolan post game message, and it was very very positive. It was along the lines of, "Okay, we know what we need to fix. We have playoffs coming up. We have time to fix it. Let's go attack it." And I loved hearing that. I think they're in very good hands moving forward. And I, like I said, I know I said that Paris beat them badly because they did. I, I'm still very high on Nolan. I think Nolan's got a ton of athletes, and they're going to be a very, very dangerous team in the playoffs. But we'll talk about the playoffs when they come. We have to move on to the next game, which was number four, Preston Wood, traveled out west to play number seven, Midland. And it was, you know, it was one of many games I was wrong on this week. Midland grabs a statement win here against Preston Wood, 27-21. Senior quarterback River Rodriguez leads the Mustangs with his legs with 33 carries for 181 yards and a touchdown. He also passed for three touchdowns, two of them to junior wide receiver, wide receiver Carson Hufford and one to senior wide receiver Blake Pruitt. Senior free safety Cole Gunter had three picks by himself in a monster defensive effort. An effort. Good Lord, I had some trouble getting through that one. But Walker, I'll turn to you first. I mean, Preston or Midland, I cannot talk. Midland grabs, I mean, what can only be described as a statement when you're against Preston Wood, who we were very high on entering the season, especially after that that seemingly bad All Saints loss. Your thought on them trying to make a statement here? Oh, yeah. Like, 
Like is it? It's a very impressive win for Midland. I mean, it like it always is a tough drive, always going out all the way out there to Midland, and uh, they capitalize on it. And then not only that, they were the better team that night. Like they were just a good team. They showed it, showed why uh, they have the athletes and all of that. And it's a very impressive win for them. Uh, so shout out to those guys. They were a good team. Um, and yeah, you kind of now are finally seeing kind of the power rankings kind of finally come out in order of who's the best, who's the worst of in that division one and Midland kept rising is now rising. So, yeah, no, there's, there's a lot of natural change going on. I'll turn to our uh, resident Prestonwood Christian Stan, Ryan Schroeder, your thoughts on your boys having a tough loss to Midland. I'm pretty sure I saw you say somewhere on Twitter to someone, someone related to the Midland uh, program that you are not going to rate them higher until they beat Prestonwood. Am I wrong in saying that? I'm pretty sure I saw that somewhere on Twitter. Yeah, I think that's true. <laughs> I think that's true. No, I mean, yeah, honestly, I, I I was really set on the fact of, and part of that, I was literally like, I was kind of like, kind of back myself through that, like back myself out of that. Like, well, they don't have McGuire Martin. Like, they have McGuire Martin. Like, I was like, what happened? But no, honestly, River Rodriguez has been very, very good for this team. And there's no way to, you know, sugarcoat that of like saying he was bad. I mean, the man does it with his legs. Like, I, it's so, such a real thing to say. Um, I, I am a big fan of River Rodriguez. And I want that to be stated right now. He is a very, very good player. Um, however, you know, it'll be interesting to see how they, 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 how they do in playoffs. I mean, they really have now solidified themselves, I think, uh, as the third spot, uh, depending on the Nolan Catholic uh, forfeit losses and stuff like that, I think they submit themselves as the third spot for playoffs, basically, right? Or whatever for that district. I'd um, have to do a little digging. That sounds about yeah. right. I mean, that seems about right, right? You'd, you'd probably just think, you know, you'd go, uh, uh, you know, Parish, Nolan, and then Midland, which is honestly didn't think that it was where they were going to be. So, you know, I, after an All Saints loss and coming back like this to beat Prestonwood, it does a lot. It really does a lot for me. So good win for Midland Christian. And uh, for once, the guy with the best record says he's wrong. Oh, my God. Uh, Nolan is actually fourth um, in – or they're, they're in a log jam. There are one, two, three, four. There are four teams that are four and two. So there's going to be a lot of tiebreaker rules that come into effect. Yeah. It'll, it'll all iron itself out in the playoffs. I mean, yeah. I'm pretty sure everyone makes playoffs from D1. That's how it works this year. Yeah, it, it'll iron itself yeah, out. I'm not no, too worried sure. about that. I, none of that stuff really – no, it'll it'll work out. We we talked about that way too much in our alignment episode, which you can go check out now if you haven't if you haven't seen it already. That came out on Tuesday. You should go check it out. We talk a lot about some interesting topics. Game number three, number two, St. John's travel to number three, Kincaid in an SPC semifinal matchup. And Dylan and Micah Bell lead the Falcons to a 34 to 24 win in this one. The brothers combined for 205 rushing yards, with Dylan going for four touchdowns by himself. I mean, Walker, we've been talking about the Bell brothers all year. I mean, they're incredibly talented. Dylan, the Georgia commit, went for four touchdowns alone in this game. Micah just picked up an offer to TCU. I mean, I think that we figure this would happen. It'd be a close win in favor of Kincaid. I mean, your thoughts on this and Kincaid forcing a matchup with ESD in the SPC finals? Yeah, like what, like we said last episode, if they – like that, that senior and – Dylan Bell knew, hey, we got to go. Like, this is our – like, this is it. It's it or – what is it? Uh, this is it or it's nothing. So, 
Um, go go all or go home or something. Th- yeah, like yeah, something like that. We're uh, all verbally challenged. Yeah, <laughs> it's not a good day. It is not a good day for us. Um, but yeah, Dylan knew he had to make his mark on this game, and that's what he did. I mean, shout out to him. Um, with those two guys, you know, those two guys are going to be the best athletes on the field, no matter what. But that's the thing. Like, how can they help their team win the game? You know, it's it's a team sport for a reason. And their team backed them up this time and, you know, had it, got the win. Um, but, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it more ne- uh, this later in the episode. But, hey, Kincaid's got a, got a tough task ahead of them. So They have a tall order in the form of ESD. Ryan, your thoughts on Kincaid eking out a win against St. John's here? Yeah, honestly, this is this is this is good to see because I think everyone wanted to see that ESD Kincaid matchup. Big shout out to St. John's; they had a great year this year. Uh, there's no discrediting that at all. St. John's really proved themselves. I mean, they were literally one win away from the state championship game. So, you know, there's nothing in my mind that proves them. I mean, those literally were the top three teams without a doubt, you know? So um, not to cut yeah. you off, but St. John's hands down clowned us harder than anyone else this year. And I, I love it. I mean, they, yeah. they came at us full force and I love it. And I will say like, I want to add on to that. Like being real, I didn't know much about the team before the season. Now being able to look into it, in the offseason, when we do our tour and, like, go and talk about schools, you're for sure going to be one of our spots. So shout out to y'all. Thank you for making this season fun and wish y'all the best going forward. And for the seniors, have a good time in college and wherever you're going for the future. So continue. Yeah, 100%. 100%. That is 100% true. Um, and I am super excited uh, to see what Kincaid does against ESD. Uh, you know, I think I think SBC is uh, very interesting how everything kind of just concludes in early November. And so these games that, you know, may, may seem to some people as, oh, it's just our last game of the year. Nope. Nope. That's not how it is. That's not how it is in SBC. They right in the thick of it right now. They right in the thick of it of going to the state championship. So, yeah, I, I, I'm super excited uh, to see Kincaid and ESD battle it off. No, without a doubt. Sorry, if you see me click off, there's so much alignment news I'm trying to like take in on the side that if I zone out, just know I'm being I'm being overwhelmed with statistics and, and spreadsheets. Are and you, stuff. You're getting the alerts too as well. Okay. Yeah, no, I I got I got to mute our Twitter alerts because I, I I we just posted for context. We just posted our realignment emergency episode that you'll see a couple of days after the or before this releases. And I, I just love seeing everyone's opinions on it, but I got to mute that. We'll, we'll look at it, the analytics, when uh, when this episode ends. Game number three, four, four from last week. Number six, Fort Bend Christian Academy traveled to number nine, Houston Lutheran South. And as expected, FBCA absolutely wax LSA here, 49 to seven. The incredibly talented junior quarterback Brady Devers throws for 306 yards, five touchdowns, and zero picks in an average day at the office for the gunslinger. I mean, he continues to have a dominant junior effort. In terms of his elite receiving core, Brian Domino went for 146 yards and two touchdowns. Braylon Gordani also caught two touchdowns for 71 yards. And Marcus Creighton also caught a touchdown. I mean, I've raved about them since I saw them live, but I will say, and I'll go to my grave saying, this is one of the best passing attacks in taps. And it's going to be absolutely electric when they match up with Houston Second Baptist in a couple of days here, which we will preview uh, coming up. And I'll have an interesting take there. But Walker, I mean, Fort Bend just mauls LSA here. I'm pretty sure we all expected it. But what do you have to add commentary-wise from this game? I mean, 
it's it's impressive. I've said it since last year. You put, I think Brady Dever is one of the best quarterbacks in private school in his class, and especially in the greater Houston area. And he's showing it this week year. Like and like you said, you, those receivers, if you just get the ball to them and let them be themselves, it's it's dangerous. And that one-two connection of all those guys is very very scary for any team they face. No, without a doubt, Ryan. Fort Bend Christian Academy, Wax LSA, your thoughts? Yeah, uh, I, I mean, I, I couldn't really, you know, think any deeply more deeply here than the fact that, you know, there's that drop-off. There is that drop-off that you see, and that FBCA team is literally just proving that that drop-off is really real. You know, it may be only a three-spot different in our rankings, but it is a huge deal. Uh, Brady Dever, I'm really excited to see what he does in his senior year. I mean, that is such a that's going to be a sight to see next year. And uh, I, I, uh, I just, I don't know. I, I really think this FBCA team has kind of also been one of those ones that we thought they would, you know, struggle a little bit after losing some guys last year. But I mean, they're still they're still doing strong, right? They're still they're still working. They're still winning games, and I, I, that's a great win. That's a great 42 point win. No, I mean, for sure. And you're not going to have to wait until his senior year to see him do even more. I mean, I think that him and this Fort Bend team have an incredible chance to make some waves in the playoffs. I mean, I know they lost to D.C. I'm trying to see. They lost 35-13 to 13 to D.C. I mean, obviously, that's a wide margin. Uh, I, I don't know if, if this district, I mean, is 100% going to be won by Second Baptist. But well, I'll preview that later when we get into that game. Last game from last week, Fort Worth Country Day went to Trinity Valley and upset them 14-6 to to put a little bit of shakeup into the SBC 3A state championships. As a result of this game, neither Country Day or Trinity Valley will go to state. The Cistercian Eagles or Hawks, I forget, I think it's the Hawks. The Cistercian Hawks will go to state to play the John Cooper School. Wow. And honestly, I just, I, I love this. I love what? Country Day just beating Trinity Valley out of spite to say, we know we're not going to state, but you can't either. Just, haha, that sucks. Yeah. I, that honestly, that makes me really happy just as a very petty football fan. But I mean, shout out to them. I mean, they got up for this game, even though they knew there weren't any playoff implications and it's very, very respectable. I mean, Walker, this is a little closer to home for you, your thoughts on country day upsetting Trinity Valley 14 to six. I mean, I, I, that rivalry is insane. It's probably one of the best in all of private school. And that battle of Brian Irvin is legit. And I knew forward country day did not want to let them win. And just a defensive bloodbath really, you know, at 14, six, that that's really, really insane. Uh, shout out to forward country day for pulling it off. Uh, and sorry for TDS. That's that's all I can say. Ryan, your thoughts on the battle of what's it called, Walker? Brian Irvin. Uh, the battle of Brian Irvin. Your thoughts, Brian? Yeah. Uh, I mean, crazy. It's just crazy how this works in SBC. You will never see anything like it. This is just SBC football for you. But I don't know. I, I, I think that really proves the point of, you know, sometimes it may just be not even out of spite, but just the fact of like, Yo, you know what? Our season, even though we don't go to any farther than this, you just win. All you you go out there every single game to win. You you focus on one game at a time, and you go out there to win. And there's nothing more than that kind of thing. So, you know, it, it, they may not travel any farther for uh, you know, uh, for a country day might not go any farther after this. Doesn't matter. A win's a win. So, 
a win is a win is a win is a win. And that is literally all you can focus on when you get to this point in the season. But that wraps up the five games that we previewed last week. Now we're going to hit on some other news before we preview our games of the week for this week. Uh, Walker, I'm going to let you give a few <clears throat> alignment updates really quickly. I don't think I'm going to say much about this just because I'm just absolutely sick of talking about it after we did a whole episode on it. But your thoughts yeah. on some new some new updates. What, what up, Ryan? Yeah, well, like, like we said, if you before you hear this, if you want to hear our initial thoughts versus what our revised thoughts are, go watch the last episode before you hear these because these will be a little bit different. However, we have now taken a couple of days to go over our thoughts and to revise them. So if you want to hear both sides of it, feel free to do that. Walker, go ahead. So looking into the alignment, uh, we're going to do not that long about it because we've already talked about it too much, but I just learned a little bit more just like looking into the paperwork and just trying to figure it out. And we talked a lot more about the North and not the South. So I want to give the South a little bit more love. Um, Firstly, you know, that was the first release for the uh, new realignment. Um, You can, a lot of schools can still appeal this alignment uh, by November 10th. And then the final alignment releases the 17th of November. So we still don't know for sure. And things could be changed if people appeal and all of that. So it'll be interesting to see if people actually do appeal, uh, who goes down, who goes up. So it's going to be very interesting to see. I just want to talk about Division 1. Houston, the village coming in, that's going to be a big, big thing in the South. And then you lose San Antonio Christian, Katie St. John, and they're going to D2. Um, and you, it's very interesting. Uh, those South districts are going to be really changed a lot. Like, especially District 3, you have Brentwood, who's done pretty good this year, Born Geneva, and Corpus Christi, John Paul, all leaving and taps Division 2, uh, District Bernie, 3. Bernie, if you say burn, they'll kill us. It's Did Bernie. I say, I yeah. say, oh my gosh. And I was the one that corrected you last time. Yeah, uh-huh. Bernie. Um, I went too fast. You see, I was going too fast. But those are three teams in uh, that District 3 that I know Regents and St. Michael's reign supreme. But, I mean, those are the three teams right afterwards that have done like beat each other in kind of the classic teams. But they're down. And then San Antonio Christian moves in. So that will be interesting to see how good San Antonio competes with those Regents and St. Michael's next year. I- I'm just going to be intrigued. And then TMI comes in. I have I had no idea that those are even a school, but now they're in district division two. So that's gonna be interesting. And Beaumont Kelly comes into division two. That's also big time. And taps division three. Lubbock Christian, I believe, drops down to four. An eight and one team in division three moved down to four. That's big time, man. That's a really big news for t- division four. Yeah, there you go. Shout out Lubbock Christian. Those those Lubbock Christian. That, that's right. Hey, I forgot to mention that at the beginning of the episode, but I got my Lubbock Christian support on. Uh, thank you, uh, Miss Mrs. Torres. I appreciate that so much for the hat, and thank you, Lubbock Christian. Um, but anyways, yeah, there you, go. you can keep going. But I also, I also, when I was looking at this, right, I was looking into the three A and all that. Um, Bishop Rico Riker went to the D4 state championship with only a hundred kids um, at their school. So that I, that's just insanely impressive. And it just shows how good that team was last year and how it, they've, they've fallen off because their talented guys have left, but like this, it's very interesting to see. Um, but yeah, um, that was really it. I just kind of wanted to talk about the South a little bit more because it, uh, they had a lot of bigger issues and it's a lot of, like D D like the North got hit a lot big time, but the South did too to switch up a lot of those districts. So it was very interesting to see 
how good each of them will do and some switch-ups. But uh, yeah, wrapping this all up, some schools uh, changed big time. Some schools didn't just change districts. We don't know truly what will happen until the 17th of November. So that's in what, a week or so. So expect maybe a couple of changes that we'll cover then, but uh, it'll be interesting to see what actually folds out about this because big changes, like we said last episode, excited for the future. No, I, I definitely think there's a lot of changes coming. I mean, that's that's obvious. I don't even need to say it, but it's going to be very interesting to see how all these schools react to that. But now we're actually going to do a fun little segment, and we're going to say the best players we have seen this season live that we've gone to cover who deserve more love than we've given. Uh, Walker, you've got you've got a couple guys here right off the bat, so just just mention mention them. Um, firstly, I want to talk about a guy from my school as I always do. Antoine Polk is a monster and has been balling out and he's only a 23 and he's around six foot two fifteen, big back. Very, very impressive guy. Um, the past couple of weeks he had, what was it against Fort Worth Christian? He had 240 yards and two, four touchdowns. And I think in a half against uh, Newman international, which was not even on the same level as South Christian. Uh, I think he, in a half, I think he had like three touchdowns, three, four, and like, 150 yards they just gave him the ball and just he just ran over everyone it was just it was insane but like he's a big back and he's a exciting one to watch and I would love to see he's a good player now but you put him into a senior year offseason and get him even better stronger faster very intriguing prospect for the future uh the next one I want to talk about is a guy who uh kind of has carried this team the past couple of weeks for Flower Mountain Corndale is John Raybuck the 2024 running back athlete um, he's kind of, you know, Cormdale has struggled, right. Going into division two, but they've, he has kept them in the game, man. Um, John Raybook, uh, leads all private school area players in rushing yards with 1,172 yards with 17 touchdowns. He's six, one, one, eight, 98, and he's helped them have a five and three record. But, um, yeah, John Raybuck is a very intriguing player. I really like him personally as a back. I think he's a very explosive, good back. I've seen him at camps over the summer. He came by AM's camp, and it was really intriguing to see him go out there and compete. I think he's one to watch for the future in that 24 class, and it's he's a very good back in my opinion. Um, next guy, Chase Cross. That 23 class of quarterbacks is loaded with him, McGuire Martin, Brady Dever, and I'm, you know, down the line too. But I love, the, I love Chase Cross. Chase Cross reminds me of a – just like Deuce Hogan. I think he can throw the ball wherever he wants. His out routes are really crisp. He can throw the ball deep. And he's also a game manager. Like I remember that right before halftime, they had like 30 seconds on the clock. He had two deep passes, completions, go set him up for a field goal to go into the half. You don't see that a lot from younger guys, but being in a quarterback household like he is, maybe he gets experience from his older brother and just being able to compete and also being under Deuce Hogan for a while. I mean, he's he's been around good quarterbacks, and it's very impressive uh, to see how good he is this year, and he's one to watch for next year as well. Those are my three that I got to watch uh, this past year that are were pretty good. Yeah, no, without a doubt. All those guys are incredibly talented, and it just kind of gives you a different perspective when you get to see guys live as opposed to just reading stats or watching clips. I mean, there's certainly a lot more to be said when someone impresses you when you watch them live. I mean, I've been to a bunch of games this year. I've got a I've got a pretty lengthy list of people that impressed me. I tried to think of someone from most teams I covered. Um, 
I'm going to give like a sentence or two about each guy because I don't want to be here until two in the morning. So I'll start obviously with the man of the episode so far, Andrew Paul, senior running back from Parish Episcopal. I mean, the dude rushed for 400 yards when I watched. There is no way I could leave him off. I mean, he's one of the best backs in the entire state, and he's going to be incredibly interesting to watch as Parish goes deeper into the playoffs. Uh, a running back on the opposite team from the same game is sophomore Kewan Lacey from Nolan. I mean, this kid just came out of nowhere for me, like I already mentioned. I think he's going to be one of the best backs in taps as he gets older, and I think it is 100% a name to remember. Sophomore Kewan Lacey from Nolan Catholic. Um, not a player, but an entire unit is the Fort Bend Christian Academy passing attack. I've raved about Brady Deverick, quarterback. I think he's one of the best quarterbacks in taps, if not up there with the best. Um, his receiving core of senior Marcus Creighton, junior Brian Domino, Jordan, junior Braden Gardoni, and Donovan Dixon. All four of those guys are legitimate collegiate talent, and I think that watching them further into the playoffs is going to be a must. Um, speaking of quarterbacks, Vaughn McKeever, junior from the John Cooper school. I basically took a whole episode and raved about him after I went and watched him. I mean, he is incredibly poised for, for a junior. Um, I think he, it's the scary thing is he still got a very large frame to grow into over the summer. And I think his senior season is going to be one to watch. I think he'll be a breakout player that we found first. Um, Talking about Kincaid, uh, the brothers Dylan and Micah Bell, senior and junior. I mean, both of them were just elite when I watched. I've got a clip back from the first game we covered of Micah absolutely pancaking the dog out of some guy when Dylan ran for a touchdown. Go back and watch that if you don't know what I'm talking about. I mean, obviously an elite combo for Kincaid. Um, from that same game, safety uh, running back senior Everett Skillern for Houston Second Baptist. Um, I loved the way he covered Dylan Bell. Um, I think he's someone that's not afraid to cover anyone in this state, and he will show that against Fort Bend coming up this week. Uh, senior running back Isaiah Schmitty from Bishop Lynch. He had just an absolutely electric run in a game against St. Pius that I still remember. He's a very talented back. It'll be interesting to see uh, what noise he makes the rest of the season. I have a trio of guys from Dallas Christian, Jackson Berry, who's a linebacker, Gabriel Grubbs, who's a strong safety, Max Makeda, who's a safety receiver combo. I mean, all three of those guys are very talented in their own right. They make up of an elite defense for Dallas Christian. And the final guy I'll talk about is junior tight end from Central Catholic, Braden Flowers. Um, I wish I would have gotten more of a write-up on him after that game, but the dude is just a physical freak. I mean, he's way too athletic for someone his size. I don't, I forget what weight he's pushing, but he's a big dude. And the way he can jump, run, and cut is just absolutely unfair for someone his size. But that's my handful of guys that I've been blown away by uh, covering. Um, Ryan, uh, you got a couple guys. You go ahead and say them. Yeah. Uh, so obviously, um, I've only seen one game this year so far. And I'll tell y'all a little bit more later about where I'm going this weekend. But I've only seen one game this year so far, and it was Fort Worth versus Legacy. So I'm going to talk about some Fort Worth guys that I saw that I actually, you know, really liked. Um, first of those guys is Jacob Trimble. Um, I mean, you've heard his name if you've been following the podcast for, like, even last year or now even this year now. We were talking about him all the way in the fall of last year. Um, and, I mean, this year he has, like, produced a lot. Like, 
Um, for example, for example, apparently he's played seven games this year with 54, uh, catches on 739 yards, which means an average of 105 yards per game. He's averaging 105 receiving yards per game. And then he also has five touchdowns. And I think there's nothing else to say about a guy that's a junior. He was putting some of these stats up as a sophomore. I'm so excited to see what Trimble does as a senior. I think he really has the ability to really prove himself again in that same aspect. And another guy that I want to talk about is the quarterback from Fort Worth Christian, who uh, his name is Trevor Andrews. And yeah, his entry, uh, his entry actually prone him to um, kind of like be kept, uh, kept back from a couple games. So they actually had a freshman come play quarterback and his name is Hogan Nelson. Hogan Nelson did very good um, as a freshman coming in. Like I wanted to mention him as well, but Obviously, he has a lot more room to grow, a lot more things to learn when it comes to making sure you put the ball in the right spot because, you know, of his, like, touchdown to interception rate. But Trevor Andrews is is just has proven to be a leader for Hogan and has kind of, like, shown him the way. And you can see in that aspect that Hogan has, has been putting up 258, uh, what's called, passing yards a game, which is insanely good. He has seven touchdowns um, in the air, and then he also has three touchdowns on the ground, I think, as well. So, you know, there's nothing in my mind that proves to me that Trevor Andrews is not a good quarterback, and I honestly wanted to make sure that he got the rec- the recognition he deserves, even though this team has had kind of a um, not a not as great of a season this year going two and seven. Yeah, for sure. And just before we get to our games of the week, we're going to go over some of the movements in our new rankings. Um, in Division One, we see three teams move up. Houston St. Thomas moves up to the four spot. Fort Worth All Saints moves up to the five spot. And Midland Christian moves up to the six spot. Prestonwood falls to seven after that loss to Midland. And Tomball Concordia Lutheran moves into the top ten. I mean, listen, you can kind of say whatever you want about that four to six log jam. There's kind of a, a triangle of teams that have beaten each other. We think this is the best way to put it. In terms of Division Two, we see Brook Hill move up to number nine and Lutheran South fall to number 10 after that loss to Fort Bend Christian. We see Fort Worth Christian and Brentwood knocking right outside the door. No change in D3, D4, pretty standard week there. In terms of SPC, a good deal of movement. We see Kincaid move up to number two. St. John's move down to number three after they traded a win and a loss. Sertion out of Irving moves up to six. Dallas St. Mark's falls to number seven. Fort Worth Country Day and Oak Ridge move up to eight and nine, respectively. And Trinity Valley moves down to number 10. And in terms of the overall rankings, the Episcopal School of Dallas moves into number two. Nolan Catholic moves to three after their loss to Parrish. D.C. moves up to seven. Kincaid moves up to eight. And Houston St. Thomas is nine. Fort Worth All Saints is ten. So, guys, I just said a lot about the rankings. Just as we're running short on time, give me your quick bullet point thoughts, starting with you, Walker, on the movement. I think, I think we have everything pretty much right. You can talk about how we move Nolan Catholic down, but it's a 10-0 team versus, I guess, technically a 3-6 and six team. And Paris also just dialed them up last game, so you had to move them at least one spot down. And, they're t- and ESD is 10-0, so you, you have to give them their recognition. Um, the only other one I want to talk about is uh, the triangle of All Saints, Midland, and Prestonwood. It's hard to figure it out, but – President Wood has the win over All Saints, but like uh, very early in the district season. Uh, so we kind of were like, you know what? Hey, it was a little bit of recency bias, but yeah, I think that's a, I think that's the best way to put it. Completely agree. Ryan, your thoughts? 
it's exactly true. I was going to mention that while you're going through it. I mean, there's no way to look at that any other way. You, you kind of just have to realize that we had to choose something and that's probably the best standard is to go by what's happened recently. Um, going down to the bottom, you're about to see this ESC team almost cap out on a perfect season. They played their last game this weekend. You're about to see if they can complete the full 11 of season. So really it just kind of makes sense for them to be that number two spot. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I, I think, I think all the rankings make sense. Obviously, a bunch of people on Twitter aren't going to think that, but it'll be very interesting to see all the debate and commentary on that. But without further ado, we move into our five games of the week that we'll have to get through pretty quickly because we're already running long. First one, Houston Second Baptist at Fort Bend Christian Academy, the biggest game of the year thus far in D2. We see two undefeated teams out of District 4 square off this Friday. Both have electric offenses with 2nd Baptist averaging 39 points a game and Fort Bend averaging 45. I mean, you've heard me rave about junior quarterback Brady Dever and this elite receiving core time and time again, but they are really going to test what 2nd Baptist defense is made of here. I think the key matchup is probably Everett Skillern and this Houston 2nd Baptist secondary versus the Fort Bend passing attack. And I think this might just be the year that Fort Bend gets over the hill. Give me Fort Bend Christian Academy to overthrow the reigning champions in a very, very narrow margin. I like Fort Bend in this one. Walker, what are your thoughts in this very closely contested game, most likely? This is a great game. You know, this is the one we've been talking about for weeks now. Um, and you know what? I think I'm going to go with you on this one. That's it's good. And, and he, he, it, I think so. I, I like this Fort Bend team, man. I really, really do. I think I think they're a good team, being completely uh, plain and simple, I think. I think that passing attack has been on point this past couple of weeks, and it isn't slowing down. Last time when they played D.C., they were hurt a little bit. Some guys banged up, and then uh, they're full throttle now. And I think they're I think Second Baptist is a great team, and they're hard-nosed. And if they win in the trenches – that's where second Baptist is going to win, but I'm going to put my money on this air attack by uh, Fort Ben. Yeah, I'm very excited to see that that air attack face off against that secondary. Ryan, your thoughts, second Baptist at Fort Bend. You know, I, I'm going to keep it to you right now. This is going to be a great game. It's going to be a really, really, really great game. Um, the only thing I'm going to say here is just the fact that I really have no reason to doubt this second Baptist team. I mean, there is really no reason to doubt they are killing every team they play. It, it's not even close. Uh, I, the closest game they had was Calhoun, which is a four point win on the 24th of September. They have won every single game since August. I, and, and that was a, a seven point loss to Kincaid. You really cannot convince me that Second Baptist won't do well here. I know it's an away game, but honestly, it's really not going to be, you know, that big of a difference in my opinion. I think this 8 and 1 Second Baptist team that's, you know, that has basically just killed everybody in their district. I that's who I got. I got Second Baptist. All right, so me and Walker pick a team. Ryan picks the opposite team. By rule of thumb, that means Second Baptist is going to win this game. So we can just chalk that one up. Second game of the week, Grace Prep plays at Pantego. Two absolutely dominant teams again meet Friday for the biggest D3 game of the season. Undefeated powerhouses, Grace Prep and Pantego, will square off to crown a district champion. And this honestly is such a tough game to predict. 
Neither team has had even a remotely competitive game in districts thus far. They've blown every team they face out of the water. Grace Prev is only allowing seven points a game and has pitched five shutouts thus far, including three consecutive shutouts. Pantigo's only given up seven points a game as well and has also pitched three shutouts. I'll be real here. I don't have any definitive metrics in front of me to tell you who's going to win this game with any level of confidence. However, I have a feeling. I have a feeling this Grace Prep team is special. You know, I, I think forever and as long as I can remember, people have been calling Grace Prep a basketball school. They've never gotten any respect for football. I think this is the year that they go out and shock everyone as they have already. I think they overthrow Pantigo here and make a run at the D3D4 crown. Give me Grace Prep to win this game. Walker, your thoughts on another very most likely closely contested game. You know, I this is a great matchup. Like, if you really look into it, they both have like dogs. They're close to each other. Both from Arlington. Yeah, it's a it's a good good game. And you know what? I'm gonna flip the side from you. I'm gonna go Pantigo on this one. Looking into this team, what? I'm not bad luck. I'm up. I'm up right now. Okay. I'm writing it off as that. First of all, anyways, I was looking into this team a little bit. Those those DBs of Aiden Newhouse and Reese Vickers. I want to make sure I say that correctly, uh, are two great uh, DBs for this Pantigo defense. And like Reese Vickers has only been targeted five times all season and he's only allowed one catch. And then the other guy is just the same way. Like th- this, this defense is kind of disgusting. And I, you know, I love great uh, Grace Prep and they've always been good to me. They're great people. Uh, and I love the, the going out over there and just getting to know that people. But if I have to pick, I'm going I'm to be a little interesting here, and I'm going to go Pantigo. Yeah, I, I don't know how definitively you can say one way or the other. I think this is one of the hardest games that we've had to pick all year. Ryan, your thoughts on the best two teams in D3 facing off? You know, I I literally could not – I mean, this is literally so hard to decide. And I, they play at a neutral site, don't they? That's what I just saw here. Um, yeah, they play on Saturday, so there probably is. Yeah, it's a neutral site. It's really, I mean, there's not even a closer game that could happen all year. Um, and I and I'm looking into it now too. I I it looks really cool looking at uh, uh, Jalen Tal- Talton's stats. Uh, the man is a junior, obviously out of Grace Prep. He has 1,800, almost 1,900 yards, 1,898 passing yards this season this man is killing the game this year and it is proven that he he has 29 passing touchdowns i mean that's insane and i will admit that yes they do have some good uh they do have some good dbs at uh at pantigo but it doesn't matter they've got three weapons on on grace preps receiving core that all have over 500 yards this, this year uh receiving and they all have above seven touchdowns by themselves this season and I know that they are, I mean, both teams could probably have some of these same tasks of the teams that they play, but then if you can't do it through the air, do it on the ground. You got 1,043 yards coming out of your a junior running back, which I don't know how to say his name, but I think it's Alex St. Julian. I mean, come on, come on. Give me grace prep. I know Pantigo is always going to be the favorite for year after year, but I'm going to go West with yet West here. I'm going to go, I'm going to go the grace prep lions. 
I, it's just, it's, it's a feeling down in my bones. I don't get often, but I, I really strongly feel that Grace prepped and pull off this game. But if you look at my record, you shouldn't trust anything I say about feelings. So <laughs> we will see next game. Fort Worth Christian, who is two and seven, travels to Grapevine Faith, who is seven and one. You can do yourself a favor and throw those records out the window right now. They're not going to mean Jack. They are both two and one in district. And like I said, this game is so much more interesting than the stats allude to because Fort Worth Christian is actually tied with Faith for second in the district behind Southwest Christian. So this game is going to be for a number two seed in the D2 playoffs. Uh, Walker, do us a little favor and, and break this game down a little more. You're from Fort Worth. I'd be doing a disservice if I didn't let you detail this a little bit better. I mean, this was like when both teams were at the top of their peak for both of them, this was the game of the, the district. I mean, it always was. We're back when it was Tyler Knopp and Deuce Hogan at the helm for the quarterbacks, and it was just a bloodbath every year between these two teams. There's no love lost between these two teams. It's a good, good matchup. And it's another good matchup here. You know, Fort Worth Christian's finally at the top of their game right now, and Faith is as well. And it's going to be interesting to see who's who's the better team in this one. Um, and I'm going to go <sighs> – you know what? I'm going to go Fort Worth Christian here. Let's go. I think it's a good team. I like, I like how they're kind of going right now. I mean, besides the SES game, they've been balling. And I think – the uh, for, uh, Grapevine Faith is kind of running into something maybe, but give me four with Christian here and a close one. Don't get it twisted. Chase Cross is going to keep them in that game, but without their their starting wide receiver, uh, Josh Terrell, who just committed to Kentucky, it's going to be tough for them to beat. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Four with Christian might be the best two and seven team of all time. Ryan, your thoughts on four with Christian at seven and one Faith? Yeah, uh, I. I think this game is going to be very, uh, you know, I, I don't I actually, I'm going to make this very clear. I think everyone thinks this game is going to be close because it's just how it is. But two and one is not the same in district with these two teams. I actually don't think this will be a close game. I think Faith's going to do very well in this game. And I think Faith's going to prove that, you know, you know two wins over Legacy and Quorum Deo is not like, like, like you have Faith and Southwest Christian. And then you have Fort Worth, and Ooh. then you have, and then you have uh, what's it called? Or I mean, you have, I mean, yeah, the South Christian is above Faith. Let me make that very clear. Southwest Christian, Faith, and then you have Fort Worth in the middle, and then you have Legacy and Quorum Day on the bottom. I mean, it's just that's how it is. That is how it's going to be, you know. And obviously, the alignment next year that's not going to be the same. But if you if this district was to keep playing on, that's how it'd probably stay for a while. So you know, in this game, I have Faith by two or three touchdowns. I mean, that's just kind of how I have it. Oh, apologies. Andrew Paul just got offered by Cal. So we just talked about him getting more offers. There you go. go. That's big time. Yeah, no, I'm going to go with Ryan. I'm going to keep it short. I think Faith's going to win. I think it's going to be a close game. I think they're both a lot. There's a much narrow margin of talent between the two teams than is realized. But I think that Faith is going to get it done here. And I'd be be, uh, remorsed to bet against a 7-1 team. So – Second to last game, we see ESD, who is 10-0, play Kincaid, who is 8-2 at Dallas Jesuit for the SPC 4A state championship. Don't get me wrong. Both the teams are good. I just think ESD is better. 
I, they're undefeated for a reason. And I, they've already notched a win against Kincaid earlier in the season. You know, I've been burned enough by sticking my neck out for the, for the risky pick. I'm taking the safe pick here and I'm going, I'm going ESD. I don't know why I wrote down. Kincaid no, I was about, I was oh, about to, I was about to switch that for you. Yeah, no, I'm glad you, I'm glad I actually think when I read, no, I, I'm going ESD. My, I went brain dead and wrote down Kincaid. I think, I think the last 30 seconds, people are very confused on who my pick is. My pick is the Episcopal school of Dallas to beat Kincaid in the SBC four, a state championship. No one can twist my words now. Walker, your thoughts on 10 and 0 ESD facing off against 8 and 2 Kincaid for the SBC championship? I'm going to keep it short and sweet. I think uh, the 10 and 0 team is going to be 11 and 0. I think 10, they're 10 and 0 for a reason. They have the win over Kincaid earlier in the season. I think overall, I think they're just a better team. And I, that team is just a talent, a group of talented guys, man. I'm really impressed. No, I, I agree. Ryan, are you going to are you going to stick your neck out and pick the riskier team or? No, and, and uh, I was called. Now time to get in the news. I will be at the SBC ch- State Championships uh, this week. I am coming home because we have uh, an away game for Oklahoma State. So I will be at the SBC State Championships. If you see me, say hello. Um, and, yes, uh, all these – if you see me and you're a Kincaid parent, please don't get mad at me because I picked against your children. Uh, I have ESD only because I think that the fact that they've already beaten once and the fact that this team hasn't lost and really hasn't proven why they should have lost is the reason why ESD is going to win it out. And I'd love to see a team be perfect. That would be kind of cool. So – Perfect ESD. I haven't won in the SBC 4A state championship. I think it's a smart pick by all three of us. However, we'll see. Crazier things have happened. Last or last official game on the pick record that we'll cover is the SBC 3A state championship. John Cooper, who is seven and two, versus Cistercian, who is five and four, also at Jesuit. And in the second SBC championship preview, we see the John Cooper school match up with the Cistercian Eagles. John Cooper is the heavy favorite here, and for good reason, in my opinion. The Dragons went undefeated in SBC district play and already beat Cistercian 47 to 21. And Cistercian really only snuck in because Trinity Valley lost to Country Day last week. So not to discount Cistercian. I mean, they're a good team in their own right. They have to be to make it to the state championship. I just think there's a pretty wide talent gap between them and John Cooper. And, I mean, just straight up, I think John Cooper's going to win here. I don't know how I could justify not picking John Cooper when they've beaten the same team by or 47 to 21 earlier in the season. Give me John Cooper. Give me John Cooper and a couple touchdowns. I'll go, I'll go risky. Walker, your thoughts on the SBC 3A state championship. I'm going to go right there with you. I think John Cooper's going to win this handedly. I think John Cooper's the better team overall. They have talented dudes. And just seeing how much they've kind of risen the past couple of years. Shout out to them, man. You know, going down and talking to them, they, you know, they kind of have been struggling the past couple of years, but slowly growing into now this team that they have the guys and they have the te- like that chemistry together. And but yeah, I think this is going to be a good team. And hopefully for my pick, we'll see them holding the trophy this week. Ryan, I, I really don't know how you can pick against John Cooper in the situation, but are you going to find a way to try? No, but I will say I wish there was some sort of playoff system here because I do think Trinity Valley would have found their way back to, to be in this game versus, I mean, instead of a assertion. And not to say that that's not how it should work or whatever, or all that kind of stuff. It, it's, it works how it works. That's just how SBC is. But, you know, I think, I think Trinity Valley versus John Cooper would have been a little bit different of a game. And I, I think John Cooper wins this one pretty handily. 
No, I, I completely agree. I think there's a big talent gap here, like I mentioned. I think John Cooper gets it done, but I'm very, very jealous of you getting to go cover those games. I think those are going to be two very, very good games, especially the talent on the field for ESD Kincaid is going to be nuts. And don't sleep on the, the talent in the SBC 3A game. It's going to be interesting too. Yeah. But, I mean, uh, you're also going to be at another game yes. uh, this coming week. What d- Detail what that game is and your thoughts on it. So, you know, I haven't been at a lot of games this season, and so I have to pack three in in one weekend. That's kind of how I thought about it. Uh, and, you know, I'm going to make my I'm gonna make my trek all the way down to Fort Worth, and I'm going to go see Nolan Catholic and Preston Wood. And obviously, I, I've, I've seen a lot and heard a lot, and we've talked a lot about these two teams all year long, and I would love to see kind of how Preston Wood does. I want to see McGuire Martin in person. I want to see Nolan Catholic in person. I want to be in the Nolan Catholic atmosphere in person, I, and I want to be around those parents and those fans that really are really good to us as like you know as people and stuff like that like y'all are really good people to us so i i wanted to be in that atmosphere and i want to see if known catholic can prove to me how good they are and obviously i want to see if preston would can prove to me how good they are as well because i was so high on them and then you know a couple of losses here and there have kind of shook me up a little bit and i'm trying to see if they can still prove themselves because if they beat nolan that's a big win that's a really, really, really big win. So, McGuire Martin, I'll see what you can do. I'll see what you have as quarterback number one, and I think I think they have him ranked right now as you know as Taps number one. So, I, I want to see what that kid can do in person. Um, I won't make. I well, what's called y'all are gonna give picks when they come out later this week, whatever. But I'll give my pick now so that y'all can have it. Uh, y'all don't have to get picks, but I have Nolan winning this, even though I'm a Prestonwood diehard. So. Look out for Walker and Wes's picks later this week, but Nolan is my pick. Yeah, I know who I think I'm leaning towards. I'm going to do a little more research when I have time. By research, I mean scrolling frantically on my phone when I'm driving to another game or wherever I'm going. But, I mean, I I think I know who I want, but I'll have to do a little, a little more research. But, I mean, oh, also, shout out, shout out really Nolan fans. I, I've seen our clips from our episodes in your Facebook group, and we really, really appreciate uh, you sending the word around and, and getting us out there. I greatly appreciate it. But, I mean, that actually concludes all the information we have. Is there anything else that y'all want to mention before we get out of here? Uh, I do. Uh, the Atlanta Braves are up on the Houston Astros at the moment, 7 yeah, nothing in the top of the ninth. And I just want to read this one tweet. Want to read as a Rangers fan, we have nothing to say. We can't say anything, right? That's okay. I'll say something. I hate the Astros. I agree. So I just have this one tweet, then we're gonna end it on this, right? Astros have made five straight ALCS, three World Series, and only have a tainted ring to show for it. And I think that shows how good this team is. There you go. Let's end it on that. I, I love it. There is not a better way we could end this podcast than Ryan and then Walker saying that and Ryan breaking out the Astros hat. Um, if you made it this far, please, again, like the video, subscribe to the channel, hit the bell so you get notifications. I can't stress enough how those three things help us. It really, really helps get us out there. But that being said, this has been the Texas Private School Podcast. I have been one-third of your hosting crew. Ryan Schroeder and Walker Lott have excellently been themselves. As always, we will see you in the next episode or emergency episode. See you later.